You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I am Bill Powers, your host, and I just arrived back from the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, uh, which was very positive and upbeat. Didn't see people consoling one another over their losses or engaging in bear market pity parties. The spirits were good and hopefully this is a positive indicator for what is in store for the junior mining sector in 2020. In this show, you will hear from three different experts, three different expert perspectives on sentiment at the conference and thoughts on the golden resource sector. But first, I'd like to thank Orin Resources for sponsoring today's show. Orin is an exploration company with a top-tier management team pursuing world-class projects. In my personal portfolio, I'm invested in Orin and am particularly excited about the upcoming drilling at the company's Sombrero project in Peru. The company is cashed up, having just raised $10 million, and at the conference I had the opportunity to speak at length with Ivan, and it's really hard not to be impressed with his work ethic and drive to make Oren a success. In fact, at the conference, uh, during the opening session, Ross Beattie actually singled out Ivan as one of the top up-and-coming, top-tier mining entrepreneurs that you'd want to put your money behind. Check out the company at orenresources.com and find the company under the ticker AUG, in both Toronto and New York. You're gonna hear first today in this episode from Bob Hoy. He's a well-respected commentator in the natural resource sector. Bob has formal training in both geology and on the finance side of the resource business. He is also an economic historian and he will be offering an interesting macro view of the gold market. Then you'll hear of Brian Lenny of JuniorStockReview.com, a frequent guest. Brian was formally trained as an engineer. Then he discovered mining stocks over a decade ago. And in his uh, very engineer-like calculated fashion during the bear market, I think it was 2013 or 2014, he sold his home in order to access more cash for the expected upcycle. Then in 2016, he tripled his junior mining stock investment capital and was able to quit his job. And now he is a full-time resource investor and newsletter writer. Finally, you will hear from Bernie DeGroote, a resource stockbroker with Canaccord. Bernie has decades of experience speculating in mining stocks. As a broker, he's got a good feel for where we are in the cycle because of the deal flow that comes across his desk and all of the industry insiders that he's constantly in dialogue with. All right, with that being said, let's jump right into it with Bob Hoy. I'm here with Bob Hoy of BobHoy.com. He is a market historian and resource investor. He also has a geological background, and I've had the privilege while I'm at VRIC to have lunch with him today. So lunch just concluded. And Bob, thanks for coming on Mining Stock Education. And could you share with my listeners your macro overview of what's going on in the gold market? Be glad to. Yeah, thanks. The uh, the what's driving thing is. It's been a major financial bubble, of which there's been five previous ones, and they have similar characteristics. And one of them worked out very well, and that is that the real price of gold, in the senior currency terms, where you deflate it by the CPI, has gone down. And it had its huge high in 2011 with the top of that bull market, and has been going down basically till about 2017. And this is typical of every great bull market or bubble in history. You've had the real price of gold go down while everybody's been partying in financial assets. 
that uh, impairs the earnings ability of the major miners and they underperform or can turn out to be disasters. But the great thing is that in the last couple of years, as financial bubbles around the world have been peaking, the uh, gold to real price in US dollar terms has been basing. So you got a couple of years of base on it. And then this year, earlier in the year, on the first rallies, it uh, right up till August, it broke out. Uh, it uh, took out a, a long declining trend line and is in an uptrend, correcting over the last few months. And But the big thing is that following previous post-bubble, or with previous post-bubble contractions, gold has become the main game, where the real price goes up, profitability improves for gold miners, and then that also enhances the valuation of uh, prospects, uh, exploration bets, and junior companies. So we were... The bull market for the seniors has started, and uh, the first leg up included the middle in size and also juniors. But there will be some terrifically speculative uh, bull markets out of this for, for all sectors of the gold side. And at the moment, the um, gold price and silver price have moved rather well some with some of the uh, gold stocks. And... Our technical work says they're kind of overbought, but the thing to understand is that the correction would be modest and would be representing buying opportunities. Like when you're in a new in a big bull market for the senior stocks, each of the dips are a buying opportunity, and then this is the case in the gold side when we would expect the gold sector to way outperform the big board and uh, it's going to be good times. So, of these great financial bubbles, uh, the one that's completing now is the sixth in history going back to the first one in 1720 and I did all the calculation years ago on the real price and it works. The gold price goes down, senior gold stocks underperform and unfortunately, some of the juniors sort of disappear. But it's all setting up for really a long bull market uh, whereby exploration will come in and there will be some great discoveries. And I'm looking forward to it, Bill. Are you going all in in your personal investments right now, or do you still have some cash on the side for future resource investments? Oh, yeah. You always got to have some on the side. But I've got very good exposure. I'm pleased with it. And, of course, you always have another portfolio where you're trading uh, ordinary uh, stocks because you can't be all in one sector. But we're in the time when one should be have whatever you think you want to have as a full position, be working on it now. And uh, anybody wants to get in touch with us, we then provide the technical research. My colleague, Ross Clark, is absolutely outstanding on technical research. We've learned what works and what doesn't work. And uh, some correction now for maybe two or three months, but it's setting up for the buy the dip opportunity. And we would be going right down into exploration companies. There's some very good people out there in the business. Uh, geologists have learned to run companies, and they've learned to look for uh, the uh, for, for the exploration bets. Whereas, say, 30 years ago. 
a lot of the grassroots stuff was done by the majors, and they did come up with some discoveries. But in the last 20 years or so, the shift away from the majors and into very competent hands with, let's call them the juniors, has really been a, a, a hell of a thing. And I think it's going to lead to uh, a number of decades of terrific discoveries. Excellent. Well, thank you, Bob. And again, please go check out Bob's website if you're not familiar with him at bobhoy.com. I am here at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference 2020, and I'm talking to Brian Lenny of JuniorStockReview.com. Brian, as you've been uh, going back and forth, talking to people here at the conference, uh, what's the general vibe and sentiment? I think it's really good, you know, especially compared to last year. I think there's a really good vibe. And for me personally, you know, there's a plethora of opportunity. And uh, I think we're at a really good stage in the market. And I think this is, you know, where, you know, people may have a good opportunity to get in. If I recall correctly, you started in twenty in 2008, right, is when you got in? Roughly, yeah. So you've been at this over a decade. Is there a year in the last decade uh, in your experience in investing and speculating in junior miners that you could compare the feel of 2022? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, you know what? You know, I've, they're, they're so different, and it, 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 gauging uh, sentiment is really hard. The last time that I, uh, I was buying when sentiment was bad was a huge part of my life. You know, that preceding two years, it was really hard. And then sentiment changed in 2016. And I think it did start sort of like this. And it, it changed my life. And, uh, you know, each year has its own nuance. It's hard for me to necessarily gauge. But the last time I think we saw a transition like we, I think we're seeing right now uh, was a big deal. And if it truly is the start of a bull market, um, it could be something really good. And in terms of the input that you take when you're judging sentiment, do you put more weight on reading the faces and the spirits of the, the CEOs and the management or the investors that are walking around? Uh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a mixture of both. I think this year um, I'm seeing more opportunity in terms of placements out there. Uh, and these are placements where you know, basically there's already a lead order in place and you know, they're looking to fill that last you know, let's say 100000 on a $2 million raise. That's a really good position to be in because if I rewind back a couple of years, it was, okay, we want to raise $2 bucks. We don't have anybody yet, but uh, are you interested? And so to me, that's one of those big things to watch is how many opportunities are there because that kind of speaks to, you know, is the money flowing into the sector? Um, the other side to it is uh, the questions I get asked. Like after my presentation yesterday, I got pulled by a couple of uh, subscribers and it was great to talk to them. And it was interesting, the, the questions they were asking. And to me, I think it was, again, a good gauge of you know people are, are looking at the market for investment and uh, that's great what did you talk about yesterday would you be will, willing to share yeah absolutely uh, so the title of my presentation was the biggest risk to your portfolio in 2020 and uh, I'm not sure what people thought they were coming to listen to but uh, but I basically think and what I've learned over the, my career in the investment world is that the, the greatest risk to my portfolio at all times is always me and uh, basically I think there's three main points or components you need um, to mitigate that risk and you need to understand yourself and then once you understand yourself you need to play to your strength and focus your attention and then finally you have to be disciplined in whatever approach you decide to take 
And uh, for me personally, what I've learned is that to minimize the effect of emotion, because we're all emotional people, especially in a bull market scenario when you know people can get a little bit crazy, um, you need a set of rules, I think, to anchor yourself. And that's what I do. I have a set of it's roughly 15 rules that have morphed over the last 10 years. And uh, basically, before I do a buy or sell, I look at that those rules and make sure I haven't violated anything. And, you know, I'm rooted in that and it's protected me. And, you know, in some ways it, it minimizes uh, upside, but the most important thing is to protect your downside. And uh, it works for me. Even with the checklist, none of us can be 100% objective. So do you lean on your wife at all for some feedback on these trades? <laughs> you know what? My, my wife is almost too supportive. <laughs> but you know what she's good at is she, she'll give me an objective view of myself and she can tell if I'm stressed or this sort of thing. And that's more what I look to her because, you know, this is what, when I sold my house in 2013, she said, I'm with you. And you know, that, that was, that's a huge thing. Um, and, uh, she's always been there to support me and that's both a good and a bad thing. <laughs> my, my wife can't read the markets, but she can read me very well. So she reads that and then gives me feedback if I'm contemplating a buy or sell or making a big financial decision. Um, when it comes to commodities, you're bullish on gold. You've also been bullish on zinc and nickel you made public other than gold. What are you most bullish on right now? Uh, you know, I definitely have to say nickel. I think, I think given the market size and what we're kind of headed for, especially with this trade deal maybe coming together here, um, you know, it, it's ba- there's a lot of disruption that can happen to it because it's so small. And f- for me, there is only one company I'm invested in, um, but I think there's a lot of room for growth there. But, you know, bottom line, I'm bullish in basically every metal. <laughs> I think the future, whenever we get out of this kind of fi- financial calamity, um, I think it's going to be a major growth uh, probably 10 to 20 years of growth. And, you know, right now, given where we are in the resource space, there are not enough to projects in development to really feed that or what I see foresee in the future. And therefore, I see really good things for not only precious metals, but base metals too. So bullish on copper as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you, did you, have you taken any position in copper companies, companies recently? No, but I'm looking. I'm looking. And uh, the great thing about it is there's not a lot of people interested. So I've got my pick of the <laughs> of what's out there. And that's the best spot to be in. Yeah. And when you're looking, would you start with a explorer, a developer, a producer? Where would you start building a copper segment of your portfolio? I'm, I'm First and foremost, I'm looking for companies that have the best price to value ratio. And then I want that anchored with the best management teams. And, you know, that narrows your focus pretty, pretty well once you do that. Um, and then next to that, then I want to see some catalysts. So do, are, do these, even though it's a tough market for copper right now, do these guys have cash and are they going to deploy it? And what does that deployment look like? What are the milestones that I'm going to, they're going to have to reach to move that stock? And if that's all in place, then uh, I'll be an investor. Absolutely. Excellent, Brian. Thank you for your insights. Uh, make sure you go to Brian's website, juniorstockreview.com. You can get on his email list and you can read a lot of his uh, carefully thought through write-ups that he has right there on his website. I'm here with Bernie DeGroote. He is a broker with Canaccord, a resource a stock broker. He's my broker also. Bernie, thanks for joining me. And as you've walked the floor here at VRIC in 2020, uh, what is the vibe? What is the sentiment that you're picking up on? Well, Bill, uh, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's, it's a real about face from last year. Last year was a lot more tempered and quiet. This year is a lot more exuberance and you're seeing the attendance is dramatically higher and the enthusiasm a lot higher and you're seeing a lot more people coming out of the woodwork to uh, attend the conference. It's great to see. 
And what about the CEOs and managers that you interact with? What's uh, their spirit like? Yeah, it's, it's great to see them. Typically, you're not always seeing the uh, upper level management or executives here, but you're seeing a lot more of them here. And that's a, a great sign that things are moving along and uh, they're uh, picking up on the enthusiasm and having to increase manpower at the booth. So it's, uh, it's good all around. You've been uh, investing in the junior resource space for some time, even before you were a broker. Uh, I know from past conversations that you are a speculator. So based on the type of deal flow that's coming across your desk, what does that remind you of, of past times in the cycle? Well, it, it reminds you of the cycle is just getting started because a lot of stuff would typically be incubated where people are waiting for that cycle to come around. And now you see them pulling them out of the, uh, the woodwork to take them to the forefront in terms of actively doing something with it as opposed to mothballing it. So it tells you that the belief really is uh, the, the market's just getting started or and just rolling in here. And do you think that there is more demand than supply in terms of private placements right now for good projects or what is your commentary here? I think, Bill, you, you hit the nail on the head there. There's, al- there's always good demand for good projects and I think right now you're seeing good demand, or sorry, demand exceeding the supply for good projects at, at these levels like we're still at early stage so people don't want to dilute too far so they're taking just enough money to to forward them the project along or advance the stage they're at and you're seeing the demand gobble these things up very very quickly for good projects are you bullish on any commodities or i should say what commodity uh, commodity are you most bullish on other than gold I, I love silver, so I guess that's that's cheating in the sense that it's still precious metals, but I also love copper as well long term because I think we've got these trade um, uh, gray markets or gray gray areas right now, but I think long term I, I love copper, whether it's electrification or just the, the challenges ahead with all the big copper porphyries that are getting to the end of their mine lives here and the lack of discoveries. I, I really like copper long term for sure. With your answer understood by the audience that it's not financial advice, in your personal portfolio, can you share with us the breakdown between producers, developers, and explorers? Right now, at this stage, typically, as you know, we've talked about, Bill, is that you're going to see the producers that are going to have more love at this stage, and then it trickles down to further down. But I mean, one of my favorite names, or one of the names I look at, like, for example, Equinox, like, look what it's been doing because it has actual ounces of production. So more producers now? Absolutely, right now. But we're looking at really prospective ones as well. Like if you can get a really good project hitting, some, make some nice discoveries, you're going to get some love in the market for sure. For you to invest in a developer, what would you personally want to see in a developer? Because it kind of gets stuck after the discovery and it gets boring and there's permitting risk and all these things. Talk about what you would want to see in a potential developer investment before you would pull the trigger. The, the biggest thing I'd look for, Bill, is people, people, and people. Like you want, mining is a really tough game, and I think you want to find people who have done it before. And that's that's no uh, no slight to the people who are inexperienced in it, but mining is a tough game. And I'd much rather bet on an experienced team to do it again versus someone trying to figure this out because it's not an easy industry at all. Any final thoughts with uh, mining speculators listening to us that you'd like to share? I'm pretty excited. (laughs) Thanks, Bernie. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks.
The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks, don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can, do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.